0: Hey there, my friend, it's Trisha Carr. Real quick before we head into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know about modern mystic. Life, a subscription service for spiritual mentoring and education. The monthly subscription is only $11.11 per month. We have regular support and inspiration delivered with the utmost ease right into your text messenger two to four times per week. You can use your mobile device or your desktop messenger to access the lessons and meditations. A monthly MP3 download of a produced meditation at least once per month live meditation led by me. There is no account login, and we have a monthly live class workshop. These are usually $35 for non-subscribers, so it is quite a deal. And the community is amazing. This is a way for you to support the Charmed Life Podcast and also a way for us to be able to work more closely together. So do check out how you can subscribe in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe, and I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. I am over the moon about this episode, and I am just so I'm just so honored to have had this conversation with my very special guest. We really connect in a deep presence about nature, about animals, and I invite you into this episode with that with that sacredness. And before I head into the conversation, just welcoming you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being who you are. This is why I end the episode every time with, I love you, whoever you are. I tell a story in this conversation with my guest about being who you really are. And that's actually the crux. That is the power of what we call the law of attraction. So stay tuned for that bit. But that's what—that's why I say I love you, whoever you are. And I want to invite you to make sure to check the show notes even as we head in. Because we have we have some great amazing offers from the guest and also from myself with education, animal communication, and mediumship that are either coming up or are happening now. As whenever it is that you listen to this, also you can find me on Instagram at Trisha Car Charm. You can just probably look up my name, but you know, make sure you spell my first name correctly. It's T R I C I A. That'll be the best way you can find. To find me and then of course follow this show and I invite you to leave a review that would be so wonderful and to share it okay there we go with the announcements as I welcome you into this incredible conversation of resonance and presence with my very special guest Holly Wilmeth. Holly Wilmeth is an author a nature sculptor and photographer and she has a beautiful I'm so excited to connect and use this Deck of Oracle cards. It is called Sacred Nature Oracle. It is a card deck that Holly created from her photography, and we're going to learn all about it. Guatemalan born Holly Wilmoth creates images that embody elements of nature, mysticism, and spirituality. Drawing inspiration from ancient mythologies, symbolism, diverse cultures, and a deep spiritual practice, Holly's images are a personal interpretation of her life's sacred dance. Holly is passionate about nature, intentional living, creating beautiful spaces, and designing gardens that are like sanctuaries. She is presently residing in San Miguel de Allanda, Mexico, with her husband and her son and their dog Pistola. She has worked for a wide variety of clients in advertising as well as editorial. Her work has been published in international publications such as Time, Newsweek, Afar, Geo Magazine, Travel and Leisure, National Ge- Geographic Adventure, Care International, Christian Science Monitor, and You Said, to just name a few. Holly has taught workshops all over the world. So you'll be able to find Holly's information in the uh, description, of course, but I'm just going to tell you at least her. Her website, out loud, so you can remember, and it'll be the also the handle of her Instagram. So it's Holly Wilmeth, H O L L Y W I L M E S, and that's how you'll find her on Instagram. Also, I just get I got to tell you that I my heart was is still so humming and expanded from this conversation. I cried. <laughs> She shared one of her connections to a very special kind of tree. So without further delay, here is my conversation with Holly Wilmoth, and I will chat with you on the other side. Holly, I am so excited to connect with you. Oh, we have so much in common, and I'm really excited to learn All about your connection, your work. And so welcome to the podcast. I'll start there. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you so much, Tricia. I am excited to be here with you today and to explore this conversation.
0: Good. Me too. Well, let's talk, let's get it going. Let everyone know who's here. I'm so excited to just have that light of yours just beam out. Can you tell us about your journey and or the work that you are doing? Yes.
1: Um, Well, I have been a photographer for about 15 years. Actually, oh God, maybe it's been 20 years. It's amazing how quickly time goes by. And over the course of my career, things have really changed. And I'm very excited and where I am now in my uh, photography. One of the things that I've been working with over the last eight, nine years is animals and with plants. And the plants are the part that I'm very excited about because um, it's really inspired by watching my son and his awe for the world and nature.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: Yes. um, I've been constructing nature pieces kind of like sculpture pieces with flowers. Initially, it started out with flowers that were blooming and noticing what was blooming in the world surrounding me. And then I've been creating these pieces and from creating these pieces, photographing them. So putting them on people and photographing yeah. them.
0: Okay, so you are you like uh, transposing photographs of flowers onto people? Is that what it is?
1: No, it's actually, okay. I'm building a piece and oh. then putting it on a person and then photographing them. That's kind of like the last little piece is the photograph. But oh. the sculpture pieces really only last very little. They last enough for the photograph.
0: Oh, I see. So the, the sculpture, the medium is actually botanical, it's actual yes. flowers. Oh it's
1: actually flowers. Wow. And, and the the interesting thing is a lot of the flowers don't last very long, you know. Some of them only stay open for about 10 to 20 minutes. So you don't get much time to photograph. Mm, that's
0: that's beautiful. I mean, there's some a message of deep presence there, isn't there?
1: It is, exactly. It's all about being in the present moment. And how can we live in the present moment? And that's what this latest project that I worked on was all about, being in the present moment.
0: Mm. Tell us more about that. I would love to hear more about this present moment project. Um,
1: Well, what inspired the project of Sacred Nature, which is an oracle deck uh, card, is uh, watching my son and really kind of realizing that I... As a mother, like I really wanted to try and be as present as I possibly could with him growing up. And when he was three, I started watching the way he was just awing at the world all around him. And I could notice sometimes when I would fall back into the past or go into the future, you know, swing between those both edges. And I just kept on watching him and really saying thank you to my son for being a teacher and keeping me in the present moment.
0: Mm, yes, yes, that's so beautiful. And, you know, animals in nature are absolutely present. And, you know what it, it actually is? It has to do with the human brain, which is the higher lobe of our brain. I think that is what is distinctive from mammals, at least with mammals, we have we have we the mammalian brain is the cerebral cortex and it's the emotional brain so we have that in common with mammals and but and, and obviously nature and flowers it's, it's different but there is a sentience to nature that is that i think we have in common maybe it's not the same kind at all but i you know i communicate with nature i can communicate with a tree and a flower and there's a frequency that comes through it's not worrying or wondering about the pre- past or future but there's, it, it grounds you so deeply in that present moment, and there's a connection.
1: Exactly. That's what nature gifts us, is really coming into the present moment. And so the project, even though it started off as photographs, it developed into really understanding the energy properties of different flowers and different trees and different plants, right? So tuning into the energy of plant wisdom was one of the most beautiful ways of working with this project and I do believe that there's energy and wisdom that comes in all of life on this planet earth animal you know plant I mean this world is alive and it comes with beautiful wisdom there's you know the Japanese used to practice uh, forest bathing going into the forest and feeling the molecules and the energy of trees just landing on our skin. It creates a healing essence, like a healing balm to our soul. Um, How magnificent is that?
0: Oh, it is. And just the, just the life force. I think that the life force brings with it complexity of, it does bring with it presence. It brings awareness. Now, It isn't. This so I'm an animal communicator and nature communicator as well. But I also teach it, and that's one of my first lesson. One of my first lessons in teaching animal communication to my students is that that we have we have common um, we have commonalities with animals or, or nature, but we aren't. Exactly the same. So what we want to do is respect their perspective and not project ours onto them so we can find that. Now, from that place, we can then translate it into something that helps us to understand a little more. So for example, when I'm talking, when I'm with a client and the dog, let's say I'll say, you know, I'm feeling a kind of sadness when when you leave home. It's almost, it feels to me like when you have, when you get, when you have a breakup, you know, when you break up with a a boyfriend or girlfriend for the first time, that's obviously, they don't break up with boyfriends and girlfriends, (laughs) but that's what is familiar. When I take their feeling into my body, that's how I can say this is, how it's significant for humans. but the other way around, you know what I mean? to go like, have you ever had a breakup with a girlfriend to a dog? I think that is like mis that's a miscommunication. Then. Does that make sense?
1: That makes perfect <laughs> sense. And that's really so beautiful and really quite powerful. So the project that I worked on before was all about animals,
0: oh, and with photography, and too. with
1: photography as well. And um, it was really so inspiring because it was the way that I start. I personally started really being guided by intuition and yeah. understanding a different way of being in this world, mm-hmm. you know, rather than doing, how about observing, how about being in the presence and Noticing sacred pauses, right? And in those sacred pauses, really listening to what is asking to be seen from the outside, also from my inside coming outside, too, right? So I'm just thinking of the first image I really ever took for an animal series I worked on was of turtles. I was living on the coast of Oaxaca and off of the front porch of the house that we had rented on the coast, we would watch the whales, the dolphins, the flying manatees, and the turtles swimming every day. And I really started working with the energy of turtles, right? And it's so earthbound, grounding, and home. It felt really healing inside of me in a time of my life that I really needed it. And so I'm just grateful for the wisdom that almost is um, at least from my perspective, it was so naive. I didn't know. Right. And yet it was asking to be seen. And with plants, it's uh, like you were saying, there's communication and it's just different. It's time is different. Space is different. And yet we are all kin. We are all beings of this earth. How can we live in the spirit of reciprocity and respect? Yes. Yeah.
0: There's a fundamental frequency, no matter what, in that kinship, in that, again, maybe the life force that we can find if we become really present see i think that's what it is if we were to project the human perspective onto a plant or an animal then we're not actually present with what is available to be seen or heard as you were saying exactly name. exactly
1: and um
0: so the sacred nature oracle
1: deck i really believe it was um in a way gifted because it was led you know i didn't lead i was led but i wanted to play with uh humans in the sense of the interconnectedness between plants and people and so that's why i used people and they were dressed with different plants but i never knew how the sculpture piece was going to look until the moment of making it on a person Mm -hmm. and in a way it, it almost felt like the plants were guiding me to create every piece individually
0: wow how how many cards are in the deck
1: there's 62 cards in the deck. Wow. In total, I probably photographed about 85 different mm-hmm. plants and flowers.
0: How many different human models are involved in the deck? 62 or? or there's in the deck?
1: Ones? No, no. Everyone is different. And it was, in a way, the... Um, It worked out to be a diary of my life for the next two, two and a half years of where my husband, son, and I were traveling, visiting friends, uh, living between Mexico and visiting Portland, Oregon, and spending time on the coast of Mexico. And so I actually just asked people I knew that were friends, close friends, and some not as close, but became closer friends, if they would be a model for a plant. It was... um, it was really quite beautiful, because I never knew what was going to come next. But I remember observing uh, off of the side of my eye, what kept on saying, hey, don't you want to pay attention to me? Uh, Excuse me, I'm over here blooming, you might be curious (laughs) about me, I've got something to tell you. And I remember thinking, wow, this is so much fun. And, you know, like, I'm trying to think uh, the hakaranda, you know, in hakaranda season. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, granted, hakaranda is hard to miss because the beautiful lilac petals are on the floor and then in the trees. It rains,
0: it, it rains, rains those rains. lilacs. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was that tree, it was this beautiful tree that actually really uh, solidified how the project would work because. It was under a Hakaranda tree as a child that I used to swing and play. And so I have such beautiful memories of my childhood, of feeling love, feeling home, feeling my parents. And um, finally, when the Hakaranda was like, here I am, try something with me, I remember my husband and I driving around town, picking up all of the lilac flowers on the ground and then making a necklace for a portrait. So, I'm-, I'm
0: crying, which <laughs> because <laughs> I have a, such a strong spiritual connection to Hakaranda, too. Part of it is because, oh, I, I and I'm just feeling the energy of Hakaranda tree right now, and um, I'm letting it in. And so, uh, and also, you know, letting in the connection that you're speaking of, my um my high school was um, lined with Hakaranda trees. Both on the high school, the street of the high school, and the street that you, that was like perpendicular directly in front of it. And it just was, it was just rained down with those purple, violet flowers. And it was such a, I had a very traumatic childhood. And, and in my mm-hmm. teenage years, there was a lot of trauma and abuse. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered that it was like my sacred time leaving, walking away from high school. Because um, it took me, I, I did, did a really weird way to get home. I didn't want. I wanted to. Spe- I wanted to like personal time, and so I like took a bus and I walked part of the way, and I did all this kind of stuff. That, and it was very meditative for me. But walking away from the from high school and connecting with the trees was so important to me. And I, and by the way, one block over from where I live now and i walk very frequently is a street called Hacaranda and every time i see it i'm like yay there you are
1: <laughs> oh that is so beautiful wow well the Hacaranda um for me holds a very special place in my heart yeah just growing up in guatemala and um Yeah. Can I read to you a little bit about the Hakaranda?
0: Yes. And I was going to ask you about the text on the Oracle cards. Is this in the actual deck? Yes, this is exactly.
1: So the deck has a sweet little guided book um, that talks about a little bit about the history, some really interesting information. And then um, it has something really sweet about the Hakaranda. It has a word that can guide. And so the word for Hakaranda is focus. And um, let me just read about the Hakaranda. It's easy to feel scattered when there is so much going on and so many choices. Perhaps you have many project ideas and are excited about them all but can't focus on one. Hakaranda flower essence brings centered calmness and focus to your life. Take a moment to discern what you really desire to create and choose to follow through on its completion. Hakaranda brings comfort and confidence in your choice with her soothing lilac color. So, um, yeah, every flower has a possibility of what it can gift us, you know? I think that's so beautiful.
0: How wonderful. I'm imagining on those streets that are lined with Hakarandas and how the flowers have rained down. And it really, if you blur your vision a little bit it's just like this glow this cast of that violet it's like there's a crown chakra just holding you in that space that all of the trees came together with
1: that is so beautiful exactly
0: exactly (sighs) yeah yeah (sighs) and the text um you you composed all of the text. But it sounds like you channeled it from the and, and co-created it with the flowers and the botanicals.
1: I worked together uh, with a wonderful woman down in San Miguel called and Bastian. And she is absolutely loved in the small town that I live in and in, in, in lots of parts of Mexico. And she's an herbalist and kind of a plant whisper. So we collaborated together on this project and I just love her sense of humor and how she wrote about the plants. Um, yeah, it was uh, really quite beautiful to collaborate with. I also worked with an illustrator who mm-hmm. illustrated the plants and, uh, the I think for me what was really inspiring though was to work with every different model, so every different individual, and really tune into them and see the plant in a way that shows them, right? And yeah. to kind of look back and be like, "Wow, it's a small, it's a very smart plant world we live in," <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And how do you, is uh, how, uh, what are some of the ways that people could utilize the sacred nature deck in their spiritual practice?
1: Yeah, so one of the reasons, you know, for thinking of doing this as an oracle deck is nature is kind of my safe place. It's where I go to really ground. It's where I go to cry. It's where I go to really feel in my body. And practice getting out of my mind and one of the beautiful things of using this oracle deck is you can actually use it however you wish you can use it in groups of people you can use it one-on-one and I started off using it and asking the question well what does mother earth want to teach me today like what plant wants to speak to me today because all these plants are actually plants that we can find in the back of our gardens, you know, walking on streets and, you know, they lie between desert terrain and also the Pacific Northwest terrain. So there's quite a variety of plants, but we use it in our home where we have it on our altar and every day we pull a different card and we actually use the word that it brings, um, and that it presents so for example datura works with the word uh, gateway an inner gateway and so we just kind of harmonize with that word and think about it and we'll read what it has to say but a lot of it is just having the presence of the plant world inside our home to kind of instigate us to go out as well
0: <laughs> and we will be right back mm-hmm. Intuitive Healing Arts Academy is now live to support you in your spiritual awakening and life purpose. With two signature programs, Animal Communication and Multidimensional Mediumship, to advance your psychic curiosities and natural talents into intuitive skills. In addition to Animal Communication and Multidimensional Mediumship, We frequently have other spiritual courses and workshops to take you from spiritual awakening to spiritual entrepreneur and all you're seeking in between. Empath empowerment, intuitive development, energy healing, channeling development, human design for your clients, meditation leadership, and content marketing for your spiritual business. All of these and more. Find out what we're enrolling now by checking the show notes. And thank you for shining your light on our beautiful world. And now back to the show. You know what I have um, come to receive this past year? Um, I want to say a, a message of ministry to me from from nature is that as nature is healing for us, it's also it's balancing and invigorating and that, for example, when if you are sick or burnt out or f- deeply fatigued, that walking and being and interacting with nature actually doesn't deplete you, even if it's exercise, as long as you're not like, you know, if you're running and trying to push and like really do a, a exhaustive exercise, it would, but it actually nourishes you even if you're burnt out, fatigued, or sick. So Within measure, too. You know, when I had COVID a couple of times and when I was very, very sick, I still, I felt this is when I think the message is really coming through. I walked maybe only 30 minutes, maybe 20, you know what I mean? And maybe slowly, but I felt better after doing it. And I felt more healed, closer to healing. And yeah, so it's just, it's...
1: Yeah. Well, that's that nourishing, you know, it's Mm -hmm. the nourishment. And we forget so many times how powerful nourishment can be. And it takes slowing down, right? Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, when I'm out in nature, I get giddy with excitement. And I, I mean, just watching things even decay, there is such beauty and such wisdom in the cycles of life of nature, from when it's budding, to when it's blooming, to when you're watching it decay, to when it's dwindling into the earth again. So that's, in a way, kind of um, something I've brought into my spiritual practice as well, is really noticing the cycles of the seasons outside, but then also really honoring the cycles and seasons inside of me, too. When is that time of wintering that is asking for more stillness? When is the summer asking to come out and play and bloom inside, too? Right, there's so many beautiful metaphors and symbols in life that we can really take personally into our own uh, spiritual practice.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Oaxaca, by the way, I, <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually kind of wearing right now colors that are used, you know, bright colors used in the spiritual art. And I, last time I was there, I I bought all these little um, like wood carvings that are painted of, of different um, kind of animals. There's one that I call the, what do I call it? The Chupagato Ardilla, because it's like, it looks like, <laughs> kind of looks like it's a vampire, kind of looks like a cat, kind of has a squirrel tail.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but so my, my previous career I was, it's interesting because now I'm a spiritual teacher and then I was a spirit teacher. I was actually in the booze industry and I taught about, I taught how to make cocktails, but like in a culinary way. But a part of that was also really uh, being, learning about and being in the process of distillation, but not only distillation, but the growing of the botanical. And anyway, even though I left, it was, yeah, it was cool. And of course, the way I connected with it was like, you know, what, you know, my passions, but, when i remember speaking of oaxaca so when i was on when i was uh, learning about tequila and mezcal and there are t- two basic regions of um for tequila and mezcal too but mostly tequila uh there are there's the highlands and the lowlands and both of them are actually elevated i think the lowlands are actually still like 5000 square feet it's a 5 square feet 5000 elevated feet and then the highlands are about 10000 so it's still very high but how the agave grow and what their characteristics come like is such a, a it's really a story about our journeys too so the the lowlands, it's hotter. It's a warmer climate, as you can imagine. In the highlands, it's going to be colder and drier. So we've got a warmer and more moist climate. So that agave has access to moisture, has access to warmth. And so what it actually produces is a vegetal and and kind of spicy character. Um, oh, when interesting. You, yeah. And then the highland, because it has to struggle to... Uh, for its moisture and it has to really be resourceful and kind of just be clever about how it can survive in a drier and colder climate it it crystallizes its flavors into sweetness and fruitiness and so just again both are delicious and both have you know like more once more winter and once more summer but that's like the seasons of our lives or maybe the lives that we live like one might be more of a warm climate one might be a cold climate but it's still a beautiful product after all
1: that is gorgeous well uh, the agave is in my deck and oh, good. <laughs> I, I i have a couple can i just mention a few Please, things about yes. it uh-huh so it is such a beautiful plant. And I'm thinking, you know, the flower that blooms is mm-hmm. called a quixote. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes up to 28 years for it to bloom. And it will only bloom one time. One child. One child, exactly. And the flowers, though, attract hummingbirds and bees. And the flowers are so, so exquisite. But what... uh what a symbol of mastery, right? Of life, because here is this beautiful plant and it waits once to bloom. And when it blooms, then it dies. Mm-hmm. It's really yes. quite magnificent. Um,
0: and in, in the context of you know, harvesting it to use for tequila, we actually you harvest the agave before the quixote is mature because that's when... She's most nubile. That's when she has the most nutrients because she's building them up to give to her child. If she gives it to her child, she no longer has flavor that's useful for us. Right. So just the message of how, like, of parentage and 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 the the how robust and delicious and amazing. She is in that stage of of mother, just before mother, just before actually. Just before
1: blooming. Exactly. Well, I I want to read to you what it says in the guidebook. So Kyoto reminds us that maturity develops through wisdom and patience and helps bring understanding of the cycles of life, growth, and death. When you draw this card, you are ready to integrate important parts of yourself to accept your role in healing the wounds in the feminine lineage in your life, as well as to accept more responsibility and grace around your own process of growing up. So just before I came back to the States, I was in Mexico because I live part time in San Miguel. And I was driving up by the botanical gardens, and I've started photographing a lot of plants that are not in their blooming cycle, but that are slowly decaying and the beauty around them. Mm -hmm. And up by the botanical outside, I saw this amazing uh, agave plant that had been all cut up and the roots were out. And I found someone to help me. And we literally lifted, it must have been anywhere from 200 to 300 pounds. We lifted it into the trunk because it still had juice inside, right? The texture of it is so beautiful. It looks like it looks like an overgrown pineapple, right? Yeah, they call it
0: a piña because they, yeah, they cut off, when you cut off the the, the fronds, it looks like a pineapple. Yeah. Exactly. It looks like a pineapple. <laughs> the heart so, of it.
1: Exactly. So I've put it in a special place in Mexico, and hopefully it will have time to dry up even more so that when I can go back, I can photograph someone holding this piece, maybe a few people, more than just one. But that's what I mean is like, it's it's gorgeous when it's blooming, it's mm-hmm. it's gorgeous when it's also just being and it's also beautiful as it's decaying and slowly dying. Mm-hmm. Thank you mother earth for such exquisite beauty constantly surrounding us in the largest in the trees as well as in the smallest tiniest little flowers or just uh, moss, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, and the ecosystem that is curated from a flower, from a plant of any kind, living its life, showing us that too, how important we are as an aspect. Oh, there's just, I could talk to you for hours. And (laughs) you're talking about, I mean, in, in how they're teaching us, you know, the, the, Let's say, the Crone or the role model stage where there's decay. It's a very powerful stage. There's exactly. a powerful, strong energy that is driving us back to the earth
1: exactly yeah. exactly. it's it's um, and there's there's nutrients. There's wisdom mm-hmm. in the Crone stage, too, right? Yes,
0: yes, it's, yes.
1: it's filled with beauty and power. And a resilience, Um, yes, there is uh, such wisdom that lies in looking at the cycles of life outside of us and looking at the cycles of life within us as well.
0: I love to talk about how plants um, actually teach us and actually have they have they have a beat on what actually the law of attraction is we call it the law of attraction but they show us in their in the seed growth process what the law of attraction actually is may I share it with you oh, please <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about you know all the other stages so so when a seed is is has well first of all even before the seed has dropped into the soil the seed is usually carried upon the wind somehow it's been released from a flower you know or from a fruit and however it falls into the earth is that synchronicity and the wind knows exactly where to place it or or just uh, you know the earth knows how to receive it so there's there's that right there so then in the earth the seed has a hard shell And inside of it, it has a code or a signature of energy that is eventually going to materialize and bust through the shell. So in that code, it sort of has to know itself. It has to collapse like waves collapsing into particles into itself. I mean, that's scientifically what would be happening. Waves collapsing so they become particular. They become particles which are building blocks of material And it has to continue to be itself potently even more until it becomes something inside its shell. While it's doing that, it is also it is like radiating, it is signaling a frequency that the ecosystem is receiving. And as we know, the mycelo network of of trees, it's actually a telepathic network. And so it will signal the moisture and the food and whatever it needs, as is available by the ecosystem appropriately, and bring it to the seed. So it continues to know itself, signal and become itself to where eventually it creates a very those little tender wet sprouts right little tender wet sprout from inside and that little tender guy is going to break through that shell that's what it has to do its tender little head will break through and it's also i think that the signal is sort of breaking down the shell from the inside too because and then when it leaves when it breaks open that shell now that's just like the crone like the decaying it becomes a part of the ecosystem it's giving back now the sprout is (laughs) I'm just going to keep going through the rest of the story. <laughs> now we have the sprout with its tender little head that you know it's interesting because it's um the root of it is stronger than its than its head if you think about a sprout, right? That's the right. most tender part, but that's the leader, is that vulnerable place of it. And it's moving through the soil and it's moving through the soil and let's say it hits a rock okay, now what does it have to do? It's like the agave. It has to signal itself out. It's like, I want to go, I'm going around this rock. I'm going to continue to live. I'm going to continue to find maybe the sun with its photosynthesis signal. And so it has to collapse its waves into particles even more so that it will turn the corner around the rock and that's making it so strong but it's making it more of who it is in that ecosystem what the eco how the synchronicity placed it in the in the earth and and signaled it and brought it the proper nutrients so eventually it bursts out of the soil eventually it blooms in its way and its color and its quality and its aroma and everything is what the ecosystem asked of it and co-created with it and then the birds and the flowers and the bees and everybody come to it. Anyway, that's I just that's the law oh, of attraction. <laughs> my goodness, how
1: beautiful! How beautiful! It makes me I can't help but fall in love. Yeah, I can't help but fall in love, and it reminds me that the more we fall in love with everything that is around us, the more we become allies and protecting and speaking for those kin around us too. Right? Yes. How beautiful! You know, uh, Titna Han has a beautiful booklet, Love Letters to the Earth. Mm. And there's such a beautiful compilation of short little love letters that talk about being in love with this earth and the amazingness. It's like science meets spirituality. How can we not believe in more than just this?
0: Yeah. I mean the the, the the this is the more as well. <laughs> it's like This is the more as well. Exactly. This is
1: we here we are living in heaven. How can we make it even more magnificent? Yeah.
0: And thinking of things like how humans we have the the um construct or the myth or the belief, whatever you want to call it, or of of um reincarnation. And if you think about the flower decaying and giving herself back, she's living on and it just keeps going or you know and even if that's a construct that uh, you know the, the wisdom that we, as we get into our crone or our, our mature role model stage we're giving wisdom and parts of our of the love that we have have received and co-created actually go into another person's heart and become a physical part of them forever exactly. and that bond is is forever yeah there is such wisdom in compost <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know
1: so much grows from there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah oh how beautiful i just um i really love exploring and talking about this earth that we get to live in and inhabit and share
0: yeah, yeah. and you know there's a lot of, oh sorry go ahead please no
1: no no just um and this latest project was really inspired and really wanting to speak you know, and, and share. And, and I don't know, the next generation has a lot on their hands, right?
0: Yes. That's what I was about <laughs> to bring up. <laughs> Actually.
1: Yeah. It's like, how can we teach and remind our children? Actually, we don't need to teach them everything, anything. They already yeah. come knowing of their interconnectedness to this earth, how can we keep that alive? How can we bring those words into back into our vocabulary, right?
0: Right. You just need to, as parents, you need to just try not to teach them, way. I guess. Yeah, try not exactly. to get in the way.
1: Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it is infusing life with the spirit of mm-hmm. nature and animal power. And, Yeah.
0: Yes, there is. So it it bears um, discussing in a more, you know, direct and literal way that we have climate change and we have so much, so much um, damage that we collectively as humans have created. And so there's, so one thing that I, um, the message I received from Mother Earth, to put this in context is that, so when there's a disease. Let's say a person, if you if you're sick, the the hope is that the wellness or the immunity of the body of the being will be able to overcome the disease, or if the disease overcomes, you know, the being. That's that that's it. It's kind of that's the toggle. It's like which one is going to overcome. And so there's a we have a disease on the planet. That the fact is i think this could really help us to become sober to this (laughs) reality the fact is that the planet's immunity her well-being is way stronger than the disease that we have been creating so the question really isn't for those who are concerned about the environment and isn't like what we're doing to the earth as much as what we're doing to ourselves because she will overcome it So essentially, she will release the disease. At some point, she will overcome the disease. That's us. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. What does that mean? And maybe that's why people are wondering, that's why Elon Musk wants to colonize... The moon, or, and other planet, the Mars, or whatever, exactly. wherever things we can go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a reality, and it is true. It's like, how are we tending
1: to ourselves? How are we tending to ourselves—mind, body, and spirit? You know, what kind of food are we eating? What kind of information are we assimilating? You know, how are we raising our children? Are we raising them with kindness and compassion? Yeah.
0: And retaining their, what is natural, as you said, your son was awing everywhere, retaining that, not taking it away from them as much as possible. No no human is perfect in their parenting. That's actually a part of the development too for individuating. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I would love to hear more from, um, if you're inspired to share another one of the texts from one of the cards in your deck. Yes. Um, Is there a lily? There is. <laughs> I'm thinking of lily because you know Agave is actually in the lily f- family, even though it's, oh. yeah, it's a succulent. It's actually a lily. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. That is <laughs> so cool. So I have white water lily. And uh this flower, the person that I photographed is actually my niece. And at the time she was six years old, and we were on the Oregon coast, and I collected these white water lilies and um let me just read to you a little bit about the essence of white water lily. This flower essence washes away negative imprints from childhood that prevents creative flow. Mm. It helps open your spontaneity and flexibility. Allow this plant to flow through the murky depths of darkness into your being. Let your flowers rise to the surface from the muck below to bring forth free flowing creativity. Dynamic artistic conceptions and vital creative expression. The water lily rises and blooms from the shallow, murky waters, reminding you that the creative spark begins in the cloudy water of all that is. Notice an aha moment and let it inspire your desire to create. So, the word with white water lily is creativity.
0: Wow that's yeah. so spot on with the conversation we were just where we <laughs> exactly, were exactly
1: exactly exactly and it's so true you know mud has so much it's so fertile it's, it's so it's, fertile that yeah. that part that shadow that part that we associate as being maybe frightful actually holds so much wisdom and so much life how can we How can we hug it more? How can we be with it more in life? Because from that place, something so beautiful will come forth. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yes. The creativity of a child in play is the most untethered, unencumbered creative form of human beings. And we, you know, to be able to return to that mindful, open, synchronized, ecological, Presence of play—that's really that's creativity.
1: (laughs) It takes a little work once you become an adult, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. there is so much muck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is so true. I have so much hope for for the generations ahead, though, because I think that humankind went through in our purview a bit of a dark, you know, a, a dark night, and but. Uh, I'm Gen X, so I'm going to take credit, even though I'm not a parent. I'm going to say, you know, we're doing a better job, some of us, of of retaining that about children because the, you know, the millennials and the Gen Zs have the opportunities, maybe not as maybe not as maybe it's a bit of a privilege in some places still but there are at least the ideas of being able to retain play and retain the parts of the child as you also condition them to be a part of this world in its harsh and dense construct you know what i mean yeah. to to marry the two, not to bypass the fact that, you know, you do have to put your shoes on, you just do, (laughs) even though you don't want to. (laughs) But if we could make it a creative project (laughs) and going to school and, and, and the different kinds of like charter schools and creative schools that are available, and maybe also the pandemic helped us with that because we had to break a lot of the institutionalized habits. We had to get creative to be able to keep children in school during the pandemic. I don't know. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see the positivity.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think that's very true. And, you know, we send our school to a forest school and Mm -hmm. I know it's a privilege and Mm -hmm. he spends most of his day outdoors, learning math, science, everything through the environment and really learning how to care for plants and learn from his environment. Um, So yeah, I also hold a lot of hope for these next generations
0: yeah, they yeah. need it because, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> <Talented>. exactly. <laughs> you said that you had another project that was animals. Is that an oracle deck, too?
1: I, no, it's not an oracle deck, maybe one day, but I started that actually while I was pregnant with my son, and I wrapped it up just a couple weeks before I gave birth, actually. And that was in oh my god, it's been eight years so whatever that was, 2014. Yep, 2014. And uh, I traveled to Costa Rica and other parts and worked with uh, environmental centers, so rehabilitation centers that were working with Mm -hmm. animals. And um, it was a time where I was also really learning about power animals and what they had to say. And I was so excited. i was the first time I'd ever been introduced to that. And yet I remember having so many dreams with jaguars and snakes, you know? So in a way, when this became open to me, I had so much gratitude. And so I'm hoping to continue it in the future, but have my son come along to help out because he really loves animals. But um, yes, there's a beautiful image I took in Oaxaca with an iguana rehabilitation center. And I remember I asked this woman who I'd met, I said, I have a very unusual request. Would you be a model for me? But I'm going to place lots of tiny baby iguanas all over your face. And she was like... (laughs) well give me just a minute she's like (laughs) it's really hard to say no to something like that and she said yes and so I've little by little been photographing people with animals Mm. and most recently I photographed a woman in San Miguel who cares for cats and a beautiful image of her and her really kind of Egyptian cat which is beautiful and she cares for cats and she um really does a lot in support for the cats in the small town of San Miguel that we live in. So yeah, I I'm I want to strengthen that connection to animals.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Uh, um, how many approximately uh, are I would how far say, into it are you?
1: I think I have maybe 25 or 30. Oh good. So okay. yeah, it's very little by little, but yes, there's uh different ones. So maybe another few trips are in store in the future. That's wonderful. Yeah.
0: So the sacred nature deck is available now. Yes.
1: It is. And it's how, de- I mean,
0: we'll, we'll have the link in the description, but what, you know, what are some, where can people find it?
1: You can find it at different bookstores. You can also find it on Amazon.
0: Um,
1: you can find it through my website as well. Uh, yeah. So different places hold the deck in small little towns and small little bookstores. Um, Yes, and then depending on where you're at, you can also order it on Amazon.com.
0: <laughs> great. Are there, is there any other work that we should know about or ways that people can connect with you?
1: Um, well, you can look on my website because I've been working on different projects, and that's www.hollywilmuth.com. And yes, that's one of the best ways to see the work that I've been doing. I give a little glimpse here and there of different projects.
0: That's great. I just love it. Well, Holly, this has been so amazing. I mean, we laughed, we cried. Well, I <laughs> cried. <laughs> <sighs> and we, we held that deeply present space with nature. And I just so appreciate the work that you're doing on our beautiful world. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank
1: you so much, Trisha, for having me. It's been lovely to have this conversation with you.
0: Hope you're coming away with a sacred sense of presence and connection to nature and just as a as an invitation, you know, sometimes I'm going to invite you to give yourself permission. How about that? I was gonna say we really need to give ourselves permission to do something like be in nature and to really let go of any and all of the things that would have us to feel separate from ourselves and from nature, because nature really shows us who we really are. So I want to invite you to give yourself permission, if it's today, if it's first thing tomorrow, but just an extra little date with nature that you have, maybe you haven't had planned yet. And, you know, actually I I mentioned in the conversation about my old career, and there was this one time when I was In that, when I was still in that career, and I had to be on campus, it was a big, huge corporation, this big, huge company, and I had to be on campus of the the main office, which had many different offices and buildings and everything. And I had to go to a few different meetings in my little suit (laughs) with my heels. And I was rushing from one meeting to another across campus, probably, you know, like a quarter of a mile walk. And it was outside, which was great, on a busy street. But as I was walking on the sidewalk between the buildings, I was struck for a moment. I was struck by the presence of this tree. A tree, you know how the trees are on like that median between, let's say you have like, if it's your home or a building, then there's the sidewalk. Then there's that grass median separating the property from the street. Well, there was a tree deeply rooted in that median whose presence struck me, interrupted my my thoughts about what just happened in the previous meeting, what's happening in the next meeting, and what what's going on, blah, 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 all this kind of non-present energy. The presence of this tree really projected itself out to me and disrupted and interrupted in the best way. And I stopped it like stopped me in my tracks. And I remember I just turned to it and I said, Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. And had this moment of connection with this tree. I thanked it for being there for me at that moment. I thanked it for holding the space around this sales beast of a corporate, you know, company thing. And then the traffic on the other side with the cars and the pollution, but the tree was there holding this, Kind of archangelic, the archangel of nature, and and just just chose to connect with me. I really feel like it reached out to me, and we had a moment of 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 quantum of presence, and we had a moment of of co-created prayer. And so I'm so grateful to that tree. Still, I can just. I can see it in my mind's eye still, had a a light colored trunk with those, with roots that were kind of bubbling up a little bit above the surface and reaching deep down in it. And it was, uh, you know, had some smooth areas around it and just beautiful green expression at the top with birds, housing birds and squirrels. And it was just beautiful. So I invite you to to give yourself permission to see if that will happen for you, whether it's with a tree or with an animal or with a dandelion. I hope you can find that for yourself today. Well, that's what we have for you in this episode. A reminder to check the show notes so you can get that Sacred Nature Oracle deck by Holly. And, you know, to share the episode if you feel that someone else will be touched and and to be brought into the presence of their beautiful spirit and essence and i will see you the, or talk to you i guess the next time thanks for tuning in i love you whoever you are